Welcome to the Better Questions podcast, where we wrestle with hard questions and seek to ask better ones. My name is Matt. Hopefully you listened to our episode on Monday with Morgan Hollick. She was incredible uh, talking about spiritual gifts, uh, speaking in tongues, etc. You don't want to miss it. Um, funny story, as I was recording my episode for today, the one, the one that's supposed to release this week, a Thursday, I spilt a glass of water on my keyboard and fried the entire MacBook, which is an expensive piece of equipment. I hate being that guy. I never want to be the guy who spills water on his computer. Growing up, my parents, my dad said never have food or drink around the computer. Well, I broke that rule. I no longer am having glasses of water on my computer. But here's the thing. I had a way too long episode on Calvinism um, that I think was probably, I was predestined to spill that water. I think that was all in God's providence because it was uh, way too soggy for its own good, just deep in the weeds. One day we will revisit that topic, but I didn't have it in me to recreate that. Um, So I'm going to take a different question. And this question is actually more of a personal question that came in. And so I appreciate the sender wanted to be anonymous, but it's a very personal question. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, without any further ado, here is the question for this week. Question is, my spiritual life feels like a desert. I've been in a dry place for a long time. Do you have any advice on how to break out of a rut? This is a really good question and one that I can relate to personally. Uh, There have been seasons of my life where uh, I felt I would describe as a a desert, where my prayer life was not vibrant, where it felt like pulling teeth sometimes. Um, You know, I've been thinking a lot about what leads to these things. And so to answer this question, I want to maybe take a different approach. I think one of the things, okay, my advice to you is going to be really silly. It may sound silly. Um, but it's one of the things that has helped me and it's super, super practical. And my advice is to start taking walks. And maybe you already do this. Maybe you run. Maybe you walk your dog. Um But I want you to take a walk with some real intentionality. And let me explain what I mean by this. Um, I'll start with what I think part of the problem is in our our current culture. There's a sociologist um, by the name of Buckmeister Fuller. Uh, This guy invented the geodesic dome. Uh, Anybody been to Disney World? You know what I'm talking about? I envision it. Um, He came up with this idea called the knowledge doubling curve. And he estimated that from the year Jesus' birth, it took 1,500 years for the cumulative knowledge in all of human, human civilizations to double. Okay, so think about that for a second. 1,500 years. Um, that's a long time. It took all of that time for the cumulative knowledge to double. And from there, it took 250 years to double. From there, 100 years until World War II. And then after World War II, it doubled every 25 years. And now here's where things get nuts, okay? They say now that most sociologists agree it doubles every 12 hours. Here's the reality. We have more information than ever before, okay? And there's a reason why it's called the information age. Now, I want to, I want to, you're saying, where, Matt, where are you going with this? This is 
not related to the question. I'm telling you, I'll get there. It's going to make sense. The second thing is this. Thomas Friedman, a journalist from the New York Times author, he writes about the age of acceleration. Everything has sped up to a breakneck speed. Okay. Technology is changing so fast that we cannot keep up. And what's happening, he suggests, is it's creating an age of anxiety. There is like a low level hum of anxiety. I'm not talking about like clinical uh, anxiety that you'd be diagnosed for. I'm talking about just like this low level dread or anxiety that sort of sits at the surface across the whole world, specifically in the West. We feel like we're chronically behind the curve, that we're running to play catch up, that we're overtired, that we're almost operating within a fog. And the reason is because we are overwhelmed by all of this information. Okay, so taking these two factors, we have more information than ever before. We feel overwhelmed by all this information. And then third, Neil Postman, he's a cultural commentator who wrote uh, the book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. Right, he coined the phrase information to action ratio. Okay, this is how much information that we can actually do anything about. And what's interesting is that he points to um, not the invention of the internet or the smartphone or the computer, but to a very earlier invention, the telegraph as the catalyst, as the thing that sort of drove us into this space. For the first time, news could travel across the world at lightning speed. And if you think about that, think about before the telegram, right? News was connected to time and space. Someone had to physically tell you what was happening. Maybe you'd receive a newspaper from someone on a horse, right? Or um, a dove that happens in the movies. I don't know if that's a real thing. Um, but before that, the news was local. It was from your town. Your town was maybe a few hundred people. And um, maybe if it was a large city, it was a few thousand. And, it, and if you heard bad news, it was usually word of mouth. Like like what, like what, one day you're, you're hearing from somebody down at the local store, hey, did you hear that Jerry's barn is on fire, right? Now, there wouldn't be people tweeting about this, you know, hashtag justice for Jerry. There wouldn't be, um, you know, you wouldn't get a text message. There wouldn't be a podcast uh, recapping the event. No, what do you do? You're at the local store, the market. Someone says, hey, do you know Jerry's barn's on fire? You're like, oh, well, let's go put it out. You grab a bucket, get some water, and you put out the fire. You would do something about the bad news because it was there. You were present. Think about this for a second. There is more information than ever before. We are incredibly overwhelmed by this information. And we're so used to hearing information and doing nothing about it that it's creating this space of, of, of almost just um, this fog, this, this, this weird sense of anxiety. You know, we hear bad news every day, whether it's Hurricane Ian, the war in Ukraine that continues on, the cost of gas, the housing crisis, um, the stock market continuing to falter. And what this does is we're, we're just receiving all this bad news all the time, but doing nothing about it. It's creating this space for us where I think there's a lot of unhealth. Now I say all this because I think it ties into our spirituality. 
for me, and I'm going to tell, this is a very personal story and how I got to the walking solution. I listened to a podcast uh, by a guy named J.R. Briggs. If you haven't, he has a podcast called The Resilient Leader. And he has a podcast, I highly recommend you go listen to it. It's on taking walks. And in this podcast, um, he begins by talking about how some of his best ideas come from taking a shower. Now, I don't know about you, but I was like, oh yeah, he's totally right. Why is it that when I'm in the shower, like all of a sudden I have these amazing ideas? It's so funny. He, he says that his family has these waterproof notes that they leave in the shower so that when a brilliant idea comes, they write it down and don't forget it. I'm like, that's brilliant. Now, there's a reason why he talks about it extensively. Our bodies are feeling the um, sensation of, of hot water um, hitting our bodies. So we're doing something actively, but we're not really having to think about it. And because of that, it opens up the creative parts in your brain to be able to think creatively and differently about situations. And he said, the problem with taking showers is that it'll dry your skin. You can't take a 20-minute shower every day or, or four times a day because you'll, you'll dry your skin out. But he said, there's something else you can do, and that's take a walk. Walking is a simple task. It's easy. It's, it's something that you do without thinking. And by doing so, you're able to think more creatively and have a renewed sense of connection. And, and, and here, here's what I've learned, okay? First of all, this is a confession. When I listened to his podcast, I was like, oh, shoot. I don't even go in the shower without my phone, which is embarrassing to say. But like, I will listen to a podcast. <laughs> I put it under a little towels so it doesn't get wet and I will listen to a podcast while I'm in the shower when I go on walks I walk my dog every night for about 20 minutes and sometimes I walk him in the morning in the afternoon whatever I have my headphones in and I am listening to information I probably listen to I don't know between audiobooks and podcasts three hours of information a day and what I realize is all the spaces when I am in between, whether I'm going on a walk, whether I am driving, whether I'm commuting, I rarely have time to just be. So for me, it's baby steps. I'm like, I'm going to take a shower without my phone. What a novel idea. And it was actually really good. And I started committing um, to when I go on a walk for the first 10 minutes of my walk, I don't listen to anything. I turn my phone off and I simply am there with my thoughts, um, able to think and be creative and process. And here's what I found, and it relates to the original question. It also um, created this really uh, intimate prayer life. And I think part of it for me, and this may not be your scenario, this may be completely not what you've been wrestling with. And again, whoever asked the question, if this is unhelpful, I'm sorry. But for me, this was game changer. Being able to just make that simple discipline of spending 10 minutes walking without any other distraction, I found myself sort of reigniting a prayer life and a conversation that really helped me get out of a rut. So that's my advice. Take a walk. Keep your phone off and simply be. Be alone with your thoughts. 
allow yourself to pray. And if you have struggles, one of the things I, I find that even in like times of spiritual dryness, I find it hard to pray. And so sometimes what I will do is just start listing um, in prayer things that I'm grateful for and just sort of having this time of gratitude and then being patient and waiting on the Lord. Because the reality is this, I, I actually believe that there are times when God chooses to be silent. I think there are most of the time we're not listening and so we miss out what God has for us, but there are times where God allows us to go through difficult seasons, times of spiritual dryness. And, I, and although I think there are things we can do to sort of return to that vibrant life, I know that um, there are definitely seasons where we're, I think we're all prone to fall into that. So again, don't give up, keep the faith, Keep doing the things, the disciplines that ultimately you may not feel them in the moment be effective, but over time, as it's like training, right? You don't feel the, the results of weightlifting the first time you do it, but you feel it after six months. You see it. And if you can commit to a little thing, like taking a 10-minute walk and maybe one minute out of that time you spend in prayer, if you do that over a week, a month, a year, you'd be amazed at how it helps you break out of the rut. Hope that was helpful. We'll return next week. Maybe I'll try to tackle Calvinism. I don't know if I have it in me to record that again, uh, but if it's God's will, it will happen. Thank you so much for tuning in. Again, this is Better Questions, where we wrestle with hard questions and we seek to ask better ones. Uh, my encouragement to you this week is to get out there, take a walk, free your mind, and uh, spend time in the presence of God. Grace and peace.